for those in red, the Beauty Services Championship once again belongs to the Army Rugby Union. Hello and welcome to the Army Rugby Pod, bringing you news, views and interviews from across the Army Rugby Union. Welcome to our fourth episode. My name's James and I'm joined by Mark. Mark, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Paul. This week we're joined by a big cohort from the Army women's team and it's really fascinating to see how the girls are getting on during lockdown and, and some of the disappointments and aspirations they've had in the season. But noting this is the second episode that we've got in lockdown, I think it's just worth talking a little bit about some of the restrictions and where we are in terms of sports. Obviously, the majority of us have lived through sort of three months now of lockdown. The, the good news is, is directing has been really clear from the Army Sports Control Board and no sport until the 1st of July. We're obviously now, we're sat here just about in the last week of June and we're looking at the return to sport from a few of those sports like angling and equestrianism that can come back and that can be done through social distancing. But it's been very clear at the moment there's no rugby until we, we hear more from the Sports Control Board. And hopefully with the relaxing of lockdown measures, hopefully rugby can return to the army in some shape or form fairly soon. But I think it's just a really important point to add here at the moment is the virus hasn't changed. It hasn't gone anywhere. So we have to still be quite careful in these lockdown measures. And even though they're relaxed, they're not forgotten about. And I think the, the key point in that is the more we grit our teeth now and get through these lockdown periods the quicker rugby comes back so if people are tempted to get out and do a bit of contact before they're allowed all that's doing is prolonging this lockdown period where there is restrictions on play I, yeah i think you're absolutely right I, mean, I think the bt for us is you know you and i are both sort of older coaches and the rest of it and that our young players are probably out there on the front line of, of delivering support to the nhs so they're more than aware of the implications of this. It's really key. Toe the line. Don't be tempted to grab a ball, grab a couple of lads from the block and then suddenly turn something that could be a, a little bit of an impromptu fizz session into some contact or some touch rugby. It's just not worth it. That said, the RFU have relaxed some of the restrictions on grassroots clubs. So those of you at civilian clubs may have noticed that actually we're starting to train again in small groups. I was lucky to do some coaching at the weekend for my local club. And it was really good actually just having small groups, so no more than six. So so one coach, five lads, just working on real micro skills. And I think it's probably an indication of how we're going to start to ease back into rugby once we get going as these restrictions get lifted? Very much so. I think it'll be bigger and broader than rugby for us. It'll be the way that we'll be delivering PT lessons. If there are units back delivering PT lessons now, that the four metre distance between people running a squad which will be our new norm for this next few months. I'm certainly hoping to see the return to normality and the return to delivering sport um, in the army. And I was quite lucky to listen to CGS's webinar early on in the, in the week. And he certainly stressed that sport will come back, will play a big role in the army. There was an interesting take on touring, how we'll tour in the future. Maybe we'll be based not just around teams going away, but also going away and delivering some form of defence engagement effect as well. So that'll be tied to the tour, which a lot of us do anyway. And um, I certainly know core level standard that sort of stuff goes on but perhaps a little bit more unit so all encouraging stuff we're a lot closer to playing rugby than we were the last time we spoke anyway so i think that in some toe the line don't be too eager to get on a pitch and make a big tackle uh, and watch this space for more news okay so i think that's probably enough of us rambling on about return to rugby now for the really interesting bit of the podcast sitting down with the women's army rugby team so it's great to have with us Gemma, army ladies head coach ray jade and katie So hello everyone, welcome to the Army Rugby Pod. How are we all doing? Yeah, yeah not too bad, thank you. Um, so let's start off with a couple of stories about how, how everyone got into rugby. 
So I uh, I joined the army in, in sort of 2009 and uh, at my first core game sort of stumbled across a, a very established player, Jane Leonard, uh, who I'd played rugby with at university. Um, and she mentioned my name to the then head coach, Dean Lewis, uh, and I've not looked back since. Uh, and it was the same head coach, Dean Lewis, who actually um, encouraged me to go and do the sort of rugby ready entry level stuff to get into into coaching as a ETS officer sort of that coaching mentoring developing others role sort of seemed like a natural progression for me as I as I got older as a player and playing community rugby in terms of for the for the AGC I for about four years was a sort of player coach uh, unofficially in that role I'm sure Jade will love that time when I didn't really know what I was doing as a coach, but uh, would pull some cones out and make something up. And we did all right out of it. We got a couple of um, uh, core champions titles uh, out of that. Uh, and then a sort of natural progression into doing the, the sort of level two and then moved across to take over the head coach role sort of last season. So I was starting to come towards the end of my career as a, as a player as I, as I got older. The head coach position uh, came up after Glenn Barrowclough had, had done some, some really great work uh, with, with the team, put my hat in the ring and was really fortunate to, to get the role. So, uh, yeah, it's a real privilege, actually, to now having got sort of two seasons under my belt with the girls, uh, just recently done my, my level three coaching qualification uh, and helping out a local civilian club uh, in Amesbury. So, yeah. That's that's kind of how I got into coaching by accident, really. But I love it. Yeah, quite a lot of people get in get into it by accident, I think, or they find other ways than the, just the natural progression of. There's nothing else to do at the end of career. There's there's people that find the different pathways in. Uh, you mentioned Jade there. Jade, how did you get into rugby? It was from joining the army as well. Um, finished training, turned up to my uh, first unit, and as you do, one of um, your your seniors is like, "Oh, you're coming to core rugby." So I was like, "Oh, okay then." Turned up and. I got put at 15, first ever game, and well, I was a bit obviously nervous at first, and um, ever since then lived it. Went through core rugby, Gemma's the the coach at the time, and then luckily got picked up for army, and then since then army and um, combined services as well, or UCAF as they renamed it. And what are you doing with rugby at the moment? Are you involved beyond beyond the army? Yeah, so I currently play at Carlequins Women's. I'm in the Premier 15s at the minute. I was lucky to get selected there two seasons ago. I went to trials. And I've been with them ever since. Ray, what about you? How did you get involved in in army rugby? Uh, I was a footballer, unfortunately, before I joined the army. Uh, And then when I joined the army, uh, I think I was in phase two. So I joined the army back in 2006. And a very well-known rugby player who's now unfortunately out the army, Rosie Haig, came into our room. And I was a young kind of 17-year-old girl in all the, the big rooms. And she basically said, do you want to come to Belgium on a rugby tour? And then that was pretty much it for me. Uh, I started playing uh, Remy rugby uh, through the core kind of channels. Uh, met a lot of civvy players as well through there. We went on uh, the tour with the Wasps females at the time. Um, so that was good to kind of see that you could play rugby outside of the army. Uh, I've started playing army rugby league before I started playing army rugby union uh, and went through selection process, I think pretty much the same time as uh, as Gemma went through selection at the same time and then never really looked back. I kind of hung up my league boots and started playing Army Rugby, Army Rugby Union. So I've really enjoyed it. And then Katie. Hey, yeah. So um, I was pretty much the same as Ray. Started off um, as a footballer, joined the Army and then for the regiment, they asked um, me to attend a sevens competition. Never picked up a rugby ball before, but what supporting the regiment went along. And then decided I enjoyed it, so went and played for the AMF. Played a couple of games with them every now and then. And then it wasn't until I went to a few of the core camps and then got picked up by the army. 
so still pretty new to rugby still kind of learning the ropes yeah so it's interesting that that a few of you had other sporting interests mainly football beforehand and I don't know if anyone wants to comment on what the attraction of of rugby is over over say some of the other sports that are out there at the moment I think for me it's it's mainly I don't know really how to put it maybe more of a bit more aggression you're able to kind of get out there get on the field also playing with the girls there's a bit more of a kind of cohesion um seems to just get on a bit more so for me it was just more of the family side of it the rugby family side of it with the girls yeah I agree I think uh, mine was heavily on the time that I joined the army it just so happened that at Arbor where I was a lot of my friends and a lot of the people that I worked with and for all kind of were in that rugby family like they had the rugby club and the football club and it was kind of like which one did you want to be a part of and a lot of my friends played rugby at the time and that was kind of where I was pushed towards and I got found I enjoyed myself doing that quite a lot more than the football and Gemma is that something essentially you try and encourage in in the coaching and the ethos that you try and bring when you're when you're taking sessions yeah I think I think the culture and the team ethos is a really big part of, of team sports uh, we worked really hard last season in particular on you know what kind of team and what kind of culture d- did we want to have and I think it's really positive we're, we're really striving for a high performance environment where challenge is the norm taking risk is the norm um, and in order to take risk then the players have to have that trust and, and support support in each other and I think that the, the good thing with rugby is that there's a, there's a place for everybody I too was a footballer before I, I moved across to play rugby uh, although I did start before I joined the army but I was a goalkeeper and those who've met me know I'm, I'm sort of five foot two and when you went to full-size nets it suddenly became I went from being a really good goalkeeper to actually being uh, a pretty mediocre one simply because of my my height but it turns out my height's are actually advantage to, to play scrum half and rugby so I think I think that's one of the beauties there is something for everybody yeah couldn't agree more and if you listen to some of the previous episodes I think everybody comments that there is a place for everybody on the rugby pitch whether it's on the sideline coaching sorting out the subs refereeing in the middle or playing there really is something for everyone and it's something that we definitely want to encourage more soldiers across the army to take part in you're speaking there about a, a high performance and, and jade is that something that that helped you training with the army get across to harlequins and, and what's it like at harlequins when i got selected into the the army squad like obviously it was like into services games against raf navy and then we went from all of a sudden being able to play against england at the 20s you know the, the future england women's team those girls like growing up to want to wear the, the Red Rose senior shirt and um, playing fixtures against them and challenging yourself as a team and as an individual on the pitch. It helped me and definitely going for the trials for Quinns, getting selected and then being in that environment as well with people who are international players. It is challenging and you do feel like a um, very small fish in a big pond. You're like in deep straight away and um, especially when the team cohesion is really tight as well and you're trying to fit in. Um, yeah, it's challenging hard. What advice would you have for someone who's potentially playing rugby uh, within the army and is aspiring to, to go forward and potentially go pro yeah you never know like if you don't challenge yourself you know how do you know you're, you're never going to be here so if anyone is aspiring to want to go take themselves forward and be elite be pro like go for it 100 percent. you only have to compete with yourself no one else as long as you're challenging yourself that's all that matters and what was it like putting on the Harlequins jersey for the first time? Yeah, it was a uh, nerve-wracking. Um, the Quinns squad is um, heavily with England players, so nerve-wracking. But um, the experience was great. Yeah, I loved it. And Katie, how did you how did you find it stepping up into the army squad? Uh, so I think for me, it was probably quite similar feelings for Jade going up to Harlequins. It was actually kind of a, a last-minute decision for me to go to the army trials because I kind of struggle with that self-belief that I am good enough. So I went along. I then got that message to go to the army pre-season which 
kind of thought, well, maybe maybe they've got the wrong person. <laughs> so so anyway, I went I went along to that. Yeah, I was it was daunting. Didn't really know any of the girls. Kind of only knew the caliber of play, and it was a lot higher than what I was used to. But I suppose that's that's kind of it's been really good for me being able to train with the girls that have that a lot more experience, which have then they've been able to kind of bring me on into the army squad, improve my skills and kind of um, change my mindset to be a bit more that I do deserve a place there. I do deserve to be there. So, yeah, it was um, a massive, a massive thing for me. And do you find it difficult balancing, say, work life and, and army commitments as well? I don't necessarily find it difficult in terms of my my unit are really supportive. So I've always been able to kind of get off. I've always been able to get to the army games, um, get to the training. But then I suppose also at the same time, I am missing out on that work life. So I am kind of behind in terms of what is going on. But at the minute, I've been I have been lucky that we have been quiet with work, so that I have been able to kind of prioritise rugby which I think has been really good for me to be able to then gain that experience and I suppose what an amazing opportunity because not many people ever get to represent the army so it's good to hear that people are being supportive Ray what's it like being the terror of the young officers at Sandhurst oh and trying to balance balance army rugby commitments as well well it just so happens that they're on bayonet fighting in about 12 hours so ask me again in about 12 hours and I'm sure they can answer it for me. <laughs> it's been really it's been really good to be fair I came uh, here as an instructor and uh, I spent the first year uh, in the DCCW so the support wing so teaching doing all the like rifle lessons all the range packages live firing all that kind of uh, good stuff all the exercises and then I picked up my platoon last August uh, and then now they've gone all the way through so I've changed platoons but I'm now in senior term with them so it was a lot easier to get some time off for rugby while I was in the wing rather than now and it's pretty much been down to the, the support the supporting of my training team and the coaches really like smudging people like that to kind of understand having been through Sandhurst how intense it can be especially because a lot of our games are now at weekends for the support of like the other players but I work weekends so it's kind of it always falls into that kind of time but yeah so when after coming back from an injury now I'm now I'm fit again I'm kind of key I guess especially because I'm posted in September to get back into the the rugby like more frequently well as frequently as I can um, whereas I've kind of been intermittent depending on how busy my job has been for the last year but yeah they were all planning on coming to army navy day my whole platoon so that must say something that they're quite supportive of me getting time off but obviously unfortunately they, they will they'll make it next year they've promised me so it's actually been really advantageous in terms of the recruiting side of things having somebody like ray at, at sanders where she can sort of galvanize the sort of female officer cadets what what rugby is about and actually we ran a, a sort of look at life rugby day just before uh, COVID sort of hit and I think it went down really positively across the academy in terms of all three intakes uh, I don't know what the feedback was like from your end Ray but it's certainly from my perspective it was a way to expose people to rugby in a really safe environment yeah they've been asking me ever since about when the next rugby kind of training session is now that they're in platoon families they can kind of they can do like contacted with within the platoons and um, obviously that's quite difficult to manage um but yeah they have been like very keen to get back into a shirt i think some of them especially because we got up to the stage of like contact and tackling and then we said next time that we will do that and now i think they're all they're all kind of eager to take that next step which is good because we especially now we've just got one of the uh, the girls that's come through junior term uh, who plays for gloucester or has played for gloucester 
Um, and she's like, I've got all her details and stuff like that. So she's very keen to kind of get into the army setup as well. And in those days, were there were there ladies who haven't played rugby before and it was a kind of, you're going to try it before you buy it kind of thing? Uh, and has that now piqued some interest as well? At, at Sandhurst, yeah. So yeah, I think, I think, how many did we have? Someone? I think it was like 40, 40 girls. Yeah, there was quite a few. Yeah, we had uh, at least enough of 15 on 15 and then with a few, a few extras as well. I think there was quite a few girls that had injuries that came down and just did what they could and like watched and things like that. And I'd say only about 11 of them have ever played before. I just I think what was fascinating was uh, there were several of the, the players when we were sort of running the session uh, and myself and one of the other army coaches were, was, oh, you played before? Where did you play? What position did you play? And they'd be like, I've played rugby before. No. So they, were, they had an awful lot of natural talent, you know? Yeah, they played other sports, but they had a lot of natural talent that really mm. suited to playing rugby, um, which was, I thought... Was competitive, fit and motivated. <laughs> competitive, yeah. fit, motivated. That, that was pretty much it. And we had uh, Major Ellie, well, now Major Ellie Rawson as well. She was here um, and she was very keen to kind of get that up and running and now she's posted. So hopefully when I leave, this will kind of continue to be a place that we can kind of come back to. The ladies really enjoyed it um, and I think it would be a shame if it's something that isn't carried on like when I leave. Um, Ray, do you think that there'll be a time that where we could perhaps put on regular rugby at Sanders and, and have a you know a ladies team as well as the men's team yeah definitely uh well like I just said that we had we had over 40 40 girls and as soon as we finished the session I got added to a whatsapp group Sandhurst ladies rugby club and they just made <laughs> it up within like within like a few minutes of me leaving the field they created this group and they were going to enter the six nations I think at that stage um so they're very keen to to do that and we've got um captain uh Ollie Davies here and Major Howard who's here PWR and he they're very keen they're all over me to try and get this up and running as soon as this as soon as COVID's kind of calmed down and we're allowed to kind of get back into the swing of things with regards to sport but I know it was a thing that used to happen I know that uh, I think Smudge was involved in it we played the Santos females when um, Chantel Miller was here uh, we played them as part of the AGC and I came, it was kind of like whoever was available to come and play that fixture. But we played them then. And I think I can speak for everyone who played that game. It was extremely hard because they were, again, fit, motivated, so competitive, like ridiculously competitive. I think the CO came to watch uh, Colonel Whitelegs, so they were all trying to show off. So we were kind of on the back foot because it wasn't what we were expecting. Um, so there's definitely scope to kind of keep this going. And I know... Some of the girls, like I've just said, in juniors I've got here, they, they, they're very keen to play. So that means there's at least a year of kind of that contingency that will we'll kind of keep going. Well, that's good to hear from a, com a community rugby point of view. And yeah. I think that if the, any of the, the ladies who play them will be listening or get the opportunity to listen to the pod at all. Yeah, they should do. Yeah, well, I I'll, I'll can send it. I'll, if there's a link or anything like that, then I'll send it to um, the, it. the WhatsApp group that I'm, I'm now in. I only say it because I'm pretty sure I can dig out the old flashcards of your first rugby tour. Um, I don't know what you're talking about there, so I wasn't on that tour. I, I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they pay me good money to see that. I've got mine in my. I've literally got mine in my office right now. I'll go and get it in a minute and I'll show you. <laughs> Seems certainly at Sandhurst, there's a growing base of female rugby. Where do you think female rugby in particular should go in the next, say, five years? Where would you like it to go? I mean, I can certainly talk from from an army perspective, and I think Jade will probably have a view uh, in terms of the civilian side of things. But certainly for us, female rugby across the board is a, is a growing sport, and even within the service, I think it, it probably is a, a growing sport and 
you know, it naturally sits probably the closest support to the army's the army's values, organisational values. And so I, re- I really like to hope that the chain of command are, are quite willing to send people to, to rugby because of the nature of the sport. Where playing, in, doing an individual sport, triathlon or, or something on that sort of lines, you don't get that same team cohesion, you don't get that same bonding as you as you do in rugby. So I, I'd like to see in the next sort of five years, player base within, within the army really grow. We've worked really hard on having a, a more coherent player path so there is an opportunity now for somebody to join the army having never picked up a rugby ball go through the sort of community rugby sort of core setup into the army development women's development team and then progress onto the army army senior women's team which i think is really good that there is that pathway for players and we're starting to look now at how we've got that pathway also for, for the coaching staff so certainly in the next five years i would like to see a much bigger player base particularly in that sort of community space which gives us the biggest Cool to then draw on the best talent into the into the representative team. And is, is there a website or a webpage that a young aspiring player or coach could go to get some more information? So the all the, all the sort of points of contact are on the um, the ERU website, which obviously you can just access sort of Google. And then all of the female core teams have got a sort of a lead female side sort of representative. And so I think the message is really to say to people, uh, you know, if you want to try rugby, if you want to give it a go, it doesn't really matter who you get in contact with. They will put you in contact with the right person, either if it's for core rugby or, if, you know, you previously played rugby to any sort of level somebody will probably pass your name directly to me and me and my team so i would definitely say just go to the website and katie what advice would you have for say some other female soldiers who are not sure about giving rugby a try what, what would you say to them for them it would be to kind of maybe go out and find your your local rugby team so for me there's quite a few local rugby teams around really friendly just a group of girls get together pass a ball around it's kind of no no commitments you can go try it out you then decide you like it you can then um, obviously continue and then continue it through the army as well and there's always there's always people around you that are kind of in the same boat I think it's just getting those contacts getting out there and and just giving it a go there's no harm in trying something and then you decide actually I don't like this it's not for me you can then obviously try it and decide actually I'm really I'm really enjoying this and then go forward I think like I have myself, you just continue progressing. Where I've now got into the the army team, and I'm just aspiring to kind of keep progressing and um, see where it takes me. Really, Jade, what what about you? What what does the future hold for your rugby career? So hopefully, um, we're sticking around at Quinns um, next season. Obviously, with um, COVID and everything at the minute, the Prem season got cut short. So it's just training at the minute, non-stop, just keeping the phys up, ready to go into the next season, and you know, hopefully, stay injury free and smash it. So Gemma, this year obviously we were knocked back with the lack of rugby at the end of the season and fortunately you were stopped from leading the team towards Twickenham for the first time ever. How was that for you as a coach? How was it for the players? And what did you do to keep spirits high? I mean, incredibly disappointing. I think I was really sort of gutted for the players because they'd worked so hard throughout the season, not just for that game, for both the sort of inter-service fixtures, particularly on the on the back of having having lost the championship last year. And we were we were very clear on what we wanted to achieve this season and how we were going to how we were going to get there. And I think the last game we played against Exeter Chiefs, we were exactly where we wanted to be. Uh, ahead of sort of going into our final preparations for, for inter-services. It was pretty disappointing to, to not sort of get the icing on the cake. But we all understood the, the current context. And, and actually, 
it was really pleasing to see how many of the players very quickly suddenly got thrown onto the front line of, of, of fighting COVID. And so obviously the girls wanted to celebrate what would have been a really historic occasion. And, and two of the players, in particular, Erica Mills, Captain Erica Mills, aka Kiwi, Gemma Rowland, basically sent me a message and said, we've got this idea about doing a challenge, a burpee challenge. Uh, and as you can imagine, in the army environment, it grew arms and legs. So rather than both teams combined, the army and the women, doing 82,000 burpees uh, together, it very quickly turned into, we're going to try and do more than the Navy and either team is going to try and do 82,000 burpees. And then obviously all of the, the legends, so our all historic players, also sort of want us to take part in the, in the event. So um, Kiwi and Gemma worked really hard, got some really good media coverage. Uh, and ultimately, I think the, the final total was something like 18 eighteen thousand pounds for, for NHS charities together. So it was a really it was a really great day seeing all of the, the legends that had helped get the women's team to Twickenham over the last sort of twenty, twenty one years and the current team all come together to, to do a, a pretty disgusting uh, physical challenge. And it's kind of funny talking about how many burpees the girls did. Glenn Barrowclough obviously had put in he was going to do 1,500. When some of the current players seen that, the previous head coach, when, when some of the players seen that, I'm not having Glenn beat me, so I'm going to do 2,000. And then some of the players, well, if they're doing 2,000, I'm going to do 3,000. And if they're doing three, I'm going to do 4,000. So it says a lot about peer motivation. But the funny thing of the whole thing is Glenn thought he could do the 1,500 burpees between the day which he made the pledge and and the day at Twickenham. Not that he had to do them all in one go. So the whole thing kind of happened by accident, I think, but escalated very quickly. That's great. I like that. What was the total number of burpees done in, in all? I don't know. Maybe it's Jay Doe's something like 150,000 burpees. Yeah, it was quite team. a lot. Strong. I'm actually speechless. <laughs> I think most of the team were on the day. A lot of the girls tried to make it a little bit more interesting by like doing them like socially distanced, but meeting together. I made the massive mistake of volunteering. So the, the cost of an army able ticket is £20. So if you donate £20, then you get to decide how I do 20 burpees. So I was like dressed as a Morris dancer. I was getting attacked with like dogs. I was, I had like waders and welly boots on. I think I, I raised about £400 because I think a lot of my friends clearly don't like me very much. Uh, and they decided that this would be a fantastic time. It's a good job that I didn't tell my office cadets about that bit because they probably would have made my life quite difficult at that day. Yeah, no rep. No rep. No, no rep. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, they they wouldn't have been very very supportive in that sense. I don't think. And uh, Jade, you did two thousand in one go, did you? Yeah, two thousand took uh, five and a half hours with a few breaks in between. I tried to keep up with um one of the the current players as well, Beth Dayton. Um, she was like, oh yeah, just do ten on the minute every minute. I got to about four hundred, and um yeah, I was in I was struggling. Um, so I had to cancel that and just, just try and keep going because the minute you'd stop, your body would start seizing up. And um, yeah, but she, she, I think Beth managed to do the 2000 in like, like three hours 40 or something. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely incredible. And how did you keep your mind occupied for those five and a half hours? Was there any tricks or tips that you employed? No, I think um, where I'm based at the minute, um, the, the unit is, is great. So we did in in the back garden in the house and um, the, the community came round, like through people on the streets. When my BSM came over with um, lollipops, sweets, um, got a banoffee pie off the welfare officer. Yeah, so literally if it weren't for the, the regiment, I think uh, it would have took me longer, but they all came round, encouraged us, supported us. 
kept going. They took a few videos as well, which was great. We had a, a Zoom call as well with the legends. So like the, the team had a Zoom call. So if you were struggling, you kind of just sign into the Zoom call and there would be someone doing like their hundred or whatever they'd kind of pledged. And then to do some with them as well was quite cool. A good way to kind of break up the 2000. Ladies, thank you very much. It's been quite heavy. I think we'll, we'll just line it up for the end and we'll give you a quick fire question round. If we go via by, by seniority, so if we go uh, Gemma, Ray, Jade, Katie. So Katie, you've lucked out. You've got the longest time to think about it. Just very quickly, give us your teammate. It can be present. It can be past. Just fire it straight through. And I think I've got something about eight questions and we'll go from there. Yeah. Good. Okay, then. All right, then, Gem. So starting off, player, most likely to get a red card. Paula Robinson. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, Beth Gilbert. <laughs> Fair oh, one. Just it's thing. from half thing. Yeah. You again the best player you've played with in a red shirt. Huddy. Oh, I was gonna say Sarah Mitchelson, but we'll go Jane Leonard then. Oh, um yeah, Jane Leonard. Oh gosh. I'm stumped. Uh, so my answer's um gonna be it's gonna be Jade because I haven't played with the girls for that long. So the person that's actually helped me the most is gonna be Jade. Jen, back to you again. Worst fashion sense. Charlie Maxwell. Oh, um, I'm going to go for Fran Athwas just because of the running trainers and jeans combination. That's Charlie as well. I oh, was literally, God. I was thinking that as well, Ray. Fran, yeah. the trainers. <laughs> I was going to go Fran for always being in her in her tank tops, regardless yes. of the bottom half. Really done. <laughs> um, okay, then, um, uh, Jem, who is the most likely to be next to you in prison? Mm, Amy Pauly Williams. Um, I'm going to go Erica Mills and Alex Hardy. Uh, Paula Robinson. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that again. <laughs> I'm going to go Tori Gilmartin because she's one of my closest friends on the team. <laughs> Best tackler. Ooh. Uh, am I allowed to use the same name? Yeah. Yeah, Huddy. Never seen a Mr. Tackle. Yeah. I'm going to go Huddy or Sarah Roper. Oh, I'm stuck. Um... Oh, no, Jade. Jade. <laughs> Batley. Mm. I say uh, Chelsea. Most vocal on the pitch. Most vocal on the pitch. Right now, Gob Gilbert. I was going to say Beth Gilbert. Uh, we'll yeah. go Paula Robinson again then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bev. I would have gone Bev. Bev yeah. It's taking me this long just to remember all the names of the girls I'm playing with. Siren's <laughs> 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 hard. Okay, we're going to last couple. Uh, worst singer. Oh, can we not go best singer? I definitely pick Ray. She does a great rendition of Soul Train. Is that the name of it? Yeah, very good at that. Um, I'm going to go Emma Gilbert Chelsea Sneed she's always singing yeah, Chelsea as well she's usually the only one I ever hear singing <laughs> and last one then last one out of the changing rooms oh Jess McCauley Ladies, thank you very much for joining us on the Army Rugby Pod this week. It's been a really interesting insight to hearing what's going on in the women's game. Thank you for giving up your time. Ray, especially you, because I'm sure you've got to go and terrorise some more officer cadets. But thank you from everyone. Uh, and we look forward to speaking to you all again soon, hopefully at Twickenham. Um, yes, please. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Cheers, James. Thank you.
So Mark, I think it's really phenomenal to catch up with the ladies and really interesting to hear some of their aspirations for what comes next and, and how they've dealt with some of the disappointments of living in lockdown. Yeah, great interview. Real good fun. Um, I really enjoyed hearing about the, the burpee challenge, certainly the way the ladies overcame the disappointment of not going to Twickenham and turned it into something really positive and raised a lot of money there. Was was really heartening. Yeah, really brilliant. And let's hope they're all back to rugby soon and get to play at Twickenham. Okay, Mark, I think that concludes this edition of the Army Rugby Pods. Thank Thank you very much for joining me today and just remember wherever you've listened to this podcast wherever you get your podcast from please leave us a rating leave us some comments get in touch on social media and let us know what you think and looking forward to hearing from you all very soon thank you very much Services Championship once again belongs to the Army Rugby Union.